Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb Savant, I'll be speaking to Bars and Melody. They are a British R&B and rap duo consisting of rapper Leo DeFries and singer Charlie Lenahan. They took part in the eighth series of Britain's Got Talent in 2014. During their audition, they were automatically sent into the semi-finals of the competition after the head judge, Simon Cowell, pressed the golden buzzer. They ultimately finished third in the series. They have released numerous singles and albums over the years and continue to tour throughout the world. Up next on Slabs Event, we have got Leo and Charlie from Baza Melody. Leo, Charlie, thank you for joining us on the Slabs Event podcast. Tell us where do we find you in the world? What's happening in your, in your life? And how are you doing? Okay. Hi, guys. So we are Bars of Melody. We We're are. All the way from the UK, which to you guys is quite far away. You guys are quite far from us. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we're a rapping and singing duo. Um, we've been around for a long time now. Maybe you would recognize us from our baby faces. Maybe not so much our ugly old faces. Um, but we actually started our journey on Britain's Got Talent in 2014. And since then, we've just been trying to build a stable and maintain our career since then. And it's been going great so far. So, yeah. Well, so where does the name Bars and Melody come from? How did you guys choose that? Um, so it's actually a, a, a funny story that includes, uh, us just trying to be think outside. We was thinking outside the box. We was trying to think, of, you know, like our slogan. It could be Bam, Pow, Kacham, whatever. But oh, okay. we thought of Bam, and then we thought of Bam, and then we was thinking, okay, what could Bam mean? And then obviously the the core components of you know, a piece of music, you know, you got off the bars for measurement, and then the melody to you know really bring that. I don't know that different energy to the track. So you know, Charlie was the singer, I was the rapper, and mm. bars were called bars were called raps. And I just thought, you know, this this is a cool name, so why not? So does Bam and Kapow and Kaching, all those things come from the comics? No, yeah, so from the yeah, exactly. We wanted okay. something that was like super catchy, super because yeah. like bars and melody is quite long. So yes. Bam is a lot easier than, yes. than than saying the full thing. So exactly. yeah, it was kind of like we were trying to be marketing geniuses at twelve years old. So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> well, it's hard it, it seems like it's working. <laughs> what was the inspiration to start off on Britain's Got Talent? Um, I think, you know, we both had a huge desire to be successful in music from a young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was very clear from both of our sides. Our parents could see that, our friends and family, um, they could all see that. We was working really, really hard towards stepping into music, even, even from such a, an early age. Um, and we kind of got given our little breaks, you know, we started to do well, um, just getting together the music was good people around us were supportive um you know and and that just kind of gave us the motivation to take it a little more seriously and take that next step and you know we was trying to decide what was our career path how are we going to do this and we built like a hundred step plan and we're like well how can we avoid these hundred steps and just get straight to business (laughs) and obviously um, as we're discussing this and talking about this an advertisement came up on TV for Britain's Got Talent and um, that was kind of our moment where we looked at each other kind of had one of those like you know one of those yeah, moments 
Synchronicity, um, synchronicity moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we had no real expectation of coming away from the show with anything. For us, it was purely just, you know, maybe get a little bit of exposure, a little bit of uh, experience. Um, and it turned out to be everything but that. It turned out to be life-changing and iconic and... Yeah, it was completely unexpected, completely authentic. And I think that's one reason why we still around today um, is because that whole process was just so unexpected and unplanned. Um, and it went so perfectly, you know. I think one of the, one of the, you know, just going off what Charlie said, you know, he said the one of the reasons why we're, you know, we're still here. And I think, you know, that's definitely true is because you know, we, we went on there and it was such a life changing experience. And, you know, so many people did see it, but I would say another reason for, you know, our longevity is honestly our friendship. And I hate to say it like, like that, but you know, I really want to stress this to people. We've been through a hell of a lot and like, it makes me emotional to even think about it. Mm. The stuff me and Charlie have been through together as a unit. It's more than friendship. It's yeah. a spiritual, it's, it's, a, we've ascended into uh, on that level together, you know, and I feel like, it's it's very hard to re it's gonna be very hard to recreate. I, I'm so lucky to have Charlie and you know uh we're we're very happy at the place we're at right now because you know we're more aware of what's going on and we're ready to take on the challenges because we've been through so much and we've got that experience. Now. Yeah. So I, I saw your faces when you Simon hit that golden buzzer and the shock and excitement and the joy. So as you said, it created as something that you didn't expect and you kept on growing and moving upwards and forwards from there? I th yeah, I think the most shocking thing and the hardest thing to deal with was is we we knew it was going to change our lives, but we didn't know in which way or to mm -hmm. what extent or or how. And um, obviously, as, as you uh, pretty much everyone's aware, the shows, uh, especially the first auditions, are pre-recorded. So there was a long time where we had to keep that a secret and and hide what had happened and um which of course is normal it's normal you know they do a big like 10 month run of auditions before they actually start the series oh, I so we had you know that i didn't know that so, yeah, okay. really. so, yeah. so um it took a long time for our episode to actually air and we sat there day by day by day <laughs> just building up anticipation of yeah. how are people going to react how is it going to go how is everyone going to be how are they going to feel and like for so long we built up this anticipation but then to see it go the way it did like just made it even better you know there's 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 nothing worse than building up that level of anticipation and it doesn't go the way you want yeah, whereas like in, <laughs> in this case it went a hundred times better than what we ever expected so it, it felt amazing you know, i literally so remember as soon as i auditioned ed just watching our instagram follow our instagram followers go from literally like twenty thousand to like four hundred thousand in one night yeah and i was like oh my goodness like <laughs> wow that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> no it was it was honestly crazy and you know the the show we're super grateful for it and we'll yeah. never forget you know what it's done for us definitely and you guys met at school correct no, no. so we, we met when we was in school um i was doing like bits of music myself separately and so was leo and we were just very young posting them on facebook and youtube and things like this um and obviously our areas are only around an hour apart uh drive okay. from where we grew up um, so we would see each other's videos. They would come up recommended stuff like this. And yeah, one day we just decided to meet up. It was meant to just be a collaboration. Like it was just like, I, I like what you're doing. You like what I'm doing. Let's, let's do something together. And then 
kind of ended up a permanent fixture. And now I feel like I've been married for 30 it years. Is. 10 years <laughs> later. <laughs> Your creative process. So going from zero, nothing, to three to four minute song. What is that journey? What is that process? Is it the same every time? Is it different? How do you get these creative juices flowing? Tell us more. It's completely different every time, but we find, we finally kind of found where we are most comfortable and, and sit the best at. Um, you know, obviously since the beginning, we've been going and working with some phenomenal producers from around the world, um, different studios, different sessions, different writers every day. Um, and, and the productivity was good. Um, and it was fun, but it wasn't efficient. Um, and over COVID, we decided that our business was very, very fruitful, but not very efficient. You know, there was a lot of things that were taking way too long. We was taking way too long to release music, way too long to plan and release. So we decided to, to, to knock down the pins that were in the way, um, and, and really like just gain, uh, efficiency and sufficiency in the business. And the way we found that was by actually, learning to do all this stuff ourselves. We now completely record everything from home. We write everything ourselves. Uh, we work with producers around the world that send us beats and content to us directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we work from home just because there's a lot of effort, time and presence that goes into a studio session. And you might get one good song or you might get maybe two if you're lucky in a day. And those songs might not be ever used. And that's a huge waste of five to 10 people's time, effort, money, electricity, all these things, you know. Um, whereas now we have the efficiency to at any point in our day, we have a, a studio there ready to record whenever we're feeling inspired, whenever we're feeling ready, whenever we find a beat we like. And, you know, we literally have the efficiency now to to be able to smash out four or five songs in a day. And if 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 they don't pull off and become anything we expected them to be, it's OK. We haven't wasted anyone's time. Yep. We haven't really wasted any uh, any of our like business time. So our creative process has entirely changed. We're now completely in control of it. We used to have a lot of people help us, um, whereas now we've decided to strip it back, do it all ourselves. Um, but it seems to be working the best. Um, and that, and that's the most important thing. It's only a structure we've had in place for, I mean, we've been self-recording for about a year and a half now. Um, but we've now finally managed to get to the point where we can comfortably release a song every month. Um, and that's our target and aim right now. Um, because we have an amazing fan base. Um, and we have, um, an amazing opportunity in front of us. And one thing we've never done is give the fans enough music. We've always been very slow with releases. So we decided it's time that we start releasing as frequently as we can. So now it's every month. Now it's every month. And that's all by recording from home. It's interesting, I suppose, because when there are more people involved, it's, what do you think? Now, what do you think? Now, what do you think? And by the time it goes around all those different people, it's like a week, a day, a a month. And it's like, oh my God, what's taking so long? But now it's like, you two guys are like, cool. This is cool. This is a jam. Let's let's dive into it. Let's release it and let's go. And it literally is like that. It's not like I sit there and I tell Leo what to do and Leo tells me. Mm. I will come in. I'll spend my time. Leo will come in, decide if he likes it or not, or vice versa. And then we do our own thing. And we we then, you know, if we have any notes for each other or any slight changes or anything like this, then, then of course, we'll communicate on that. But apart from that, we're pretty much... We pretty much don't even have to talk to get a song done, you know, <laughs> which is actually quite, which sounds interesting. Mm. 
but it's actually very, very sufficient. There's no, like you said, there's no difference of opinions. There's no opinions in the way or, or time delays or anything like this. So it just works for us super well. And we feel the most comfortable doing it this way. But obviously, sure. I think that the, the main thing that that allows us to be able to do this is, is our understanding of music, obviously, because... Yeah. You know, when we were younger, we didn't know how to write a pop song. We needed the help. <laughs> like, I was, yeah, literally, yeah. but nowadays, you know, we're 20, I'm 22 years of age now. Charlie's 24. We've got to that age now where it's like, you know, we can do it. We understand how music is constructed. We understand what makes a good, a hit song, a fucking club song, rap song, whatever. We understand the, the, the metrics. So now we're really looking to use, you know, all this experience we've built up over the years and, you know, really start to snowball it in 2022, 2023. Can I ask you a question? If COVID didn't happen, would you still be... I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I want to answer that. So if COVID didn't happen, would you guys still be with all those people, relying on them, being with them all the time, Definitely. waiting for their responses? So COVID allowed you to become independent and, you know, rely on it, yourselves. It didn't even really give... It didn't even really give us it. It forced us to. Yes. You know, like we we went from um studio sessions every week touring every week um you know like our life was completely indulged and centered around us moving you know we didn't stop for almost six seven years we didn't take a break I think the longest we had had off in that time was maybe like a week two weeks max wow. um and, for, and from kids you know we lost a lot of our childhood um and stuff like this so for 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 us covid was probably needed um as horrible as that sounds yeah. but it, it forced us to have a break it forced us to sit there collect our thoughts think about where we want to go what we want to do because we were so caught like you said in that in that loop of getting stuff done and and it gave us the time to kind of sit there and, and digest all these things that we've been speaking about and going right well where can we become better where can we what can we change who do we need who do we not need what do we need? What do we not need? Yeah. You know, and, and it, it gave us some super, super needed clarity. And although it was hard for everyone, don't get me wrong. I'm sitting there acting like COVID was good. It wasn't, yeah. it, 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 it just, it, you know, it, it, it affected a lot of people's lives and it did affect our lives in a negative way also, but we're just the type of people we like to, as hard as anything is, take away the good from it, what we can. And, like you said, in that COVID period, it did force us to gain some of the initiative we now have. So it it, it was definitely worth going through. Yeah, because obviously, you know, just it goes without saying we had tours booked, world tours booked. We were touring America, Japan, Germany, all this stuff had to be cancelled. And, you know, that that's hard, you know, especially where I'm going to go on a world tour and I've been anticipating it for a brand new album, which was so highly anticipated. It drops. Everyone's loving it. And we're sat in the living room watching the reaction. I'm not on stage. I'm not on a tour bus. Mm-hmm. I'm not in interviews. I'm not in a meet and greet. I'm, yeah. And I just, I've never had to experience anything like that. And I'm not saying it was like, it was definitely different for me, but you know, it's, it's put us in the place now where we're able to be just so self-sufficient and, you know, almost like, you know, we had so many more cooks in the kitchen before. Yes. But like we've, <laughs> I was going to say of, that saying earlier. I was yeah. so many chefs in the kitchen uh, cooking the stew, but no one's getting to the end result. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, I mean, I've always loved the music. I'm loving the new tracks. So it's obviously Thanks. working really well. And, you know, obviously you guys are younger. Previously, vinyls and CDs and all those things are making a comeback. But, 
you know, now it's all these digital platforms that people consume music. What are your thoughts around the consumption of how people, you know, listen to music now compared to pre the times when it was actually the physical thing, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I honestly, um, I was negligent of streaming for maybe two years of when it came into the industry as like we, we came into the industry just as streaming become a thing, really. You know, 2014, 15 is when Spotify really come about and, and started to overtake the physical sales. And of course, like our, our first release, Hopeful, was a, was it was it it was mainly a physical release so cds cassettes um you know for our for our first album we did uh we did vinyls and all this stuff um and it was more centered towards itunes charts and the actual top 40 and hitting radio and getting actual physical sales and then within one single to the next it changed entirely Mm. um and of course as we all know, the big corporate streaming companies do not pay the artists the same way as what physical releases do. So for the music industry itself as an entity um, and, and as a business, I think it's very damaging and it has damaged the industry significantly. But on the other hand, it's opened up opportunities to reach people that would never have been reached. Things like Spotify playlisting, uh, TikTok charting, you know, all these things can now give people the ability um, to come away from the corporate labels as we, we've been independent for pretty much 90% of our career. Um, it gives it gives the power back to the artist in a way because um, it's a lot more controllable, you know, um, with this sense of virality in the world now it's a lot easier for an artist to make his own living and make his own career based off of his own back rather than mm-hmm. having to go and rely on a corporate label and give away every piece of their business they need to give away. Um, that's one thing we've noticed. You know, now in our era, there seems to be a lot more independent artists. When we was around at the start, it was very, very, very rare for an entity our size to be independent. Now it seems trendy. It yep. seems actually the opposite way that it's actually more rare nowadays to actually have a deal. When I speak to people that are at our level and in our game and they say, oh, I'm signed to a label. I'm like, oh, okay. Cause <laughs> it's just not so common now. Um, so it's, it's, it's 50, yep. 50. It's, it's hard to say it's helped in ways it's destroyed in others. It's, it's, um, I love the physical side of music. Mm. You know, I love things like vinyls and, and cassettes and, and, you know, I grew up buying my songs on iTunes and I feel like when that time in the world was around, you was a lot more careful about what you listened to and what you downloaded and what you paid for because you had to make sure you really liked the song. Otherwise it wasn't worth mm. that money. And if you paid 10 pounds for an album and it was a rubbish album, you'd, you'd be so angry, you know? So like it's, it's taken away some of the, yeah like pizzazz around it as well, you know? So for me, I love a CD and I still buy CDs. So what you're talking Mm. of, there's that whole journey of the experience of like, okay, I'm going to choose this one. I'm going to pay for it. Going to go to the store, get it delivered. The images, the artwork, the song words, the lyrics, all that kind of stuff. I feel that as an observer of the listeners around me, they are now so blasé. It's like, oh, I can skip it. I can skip it. There's that, that experience of the music has been taken away by just focusing. You know, the attention spans are like two seconds. Yeah, and- no, I, 
and that's and that's one reason why we had to up our release schedule because people's minds are sound so uh, on social media are now so fast paced and everything's so quickly and easy replaceable nowadays yeah. if you don't keep up with the momentum and keeping people's faces you're just going to disappear yeah. you know and i think that's one of the things that this streaming has done is given people the ability to just click on find any artist any genre any sound anything and within seconds they can listen to it for free or with a with a small monthly subscription yeah uh, actually no to be honest you can find it for free yeah there's ways to find everything for free nowadays you know so it's it is like yeah it's made the the industry a lot more fast-paced we noticed that ourselves we actually are very humbled and privileged and honored to still be in this game and to be in this game for so long because we've seen how this new virality of um well, it was social media but of course that's now spread into the music industry can cause artists to one day be a huge sensation and a huge entity who can sell thousands of tickets and has an amazingly stable career to within six months to a year literally be completely gone and not even remembered yeah. and it's like that, that's scary you know that's scary and that's that's something that you've got to have in mind as an artist to avoid you know because it's very easy to get swallowed up in the algorithm and in and in new trends and you yeah. know if you're not staying on the ball um you're not going to stay around. And at the same time, if all you do is just follow trends, people are going to start realizing that and they're not really going to click with it because it's just, it's false representation. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons we've had longevity is because we've always been so real. We're not great with social media. We've never claimed to be. And our fan base actually like the fact that we're bad with social media. That's <laughs> kind of one of, it's kind of one of our niches, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's little things like that. Just be, I think being real in this time is the most important. Everything else is relative. Things come and go. As long as you've got good music, good spirit, good energy and good vibes, just keep doing you and the industry will, will do its thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think of social media, social media is completely filtered. So a lot of people, if they just sticking to that, there's no re realism to it because it's just filters, filters, filters. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. 100%. Okay, I'm going to put you both on the spot right now. I love playing this game. Okay. The recipients don't always like it. If I ask this question to you in an hour, half an hour, tomorrow, five days' time, I realize and recognize that the answer will be different each time I ask the question. Charlie, you first. Top five songs by other artists. Go. <laughs> Top five. Okay. All right. This is a big one, and this is hard. This is hard. Okay, I'm giving Leo so, time to think. <laughs> no, because because you are gonna understand through this how crazy diverse my uh, my music genre is. Yeah. Okay. So um, I gotta say, um, I gotta say, Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire, absolute inspiration for me growing up. My mum raised me on country music. Um, then I would say has to be uh, Rain Man by Eminem. Okay. That is the song that if you put a, uh, a gun to my head and say, said, sing every lyric, otherwise you're going to die. That would, that would be my song, you know? Okay. Um, I, I would make sure I, I would live this day. No problem. I would then say, I have to pay my homage to my grandparents because they raised me on Queen. They okay. raised me on Queen. Um, so what about which song? Bohemian Rhapsody, okay. I would say. Oh, I would then go. Obviously, I'm very, um, R&B influenced. Um, so I would go T, there's a song called TGT, um, Sex Ain't Never Felt Better. That's the name of the song. 
And then for my fifth, I think it's got to be No Stylist by Drake and okay. French Montana. Cool. Leo, you up. Mid mix, right? Mid mix. Country, Absolutely. rock. Brilliant. Pop, trap, Brilliant. Bit of everything. Brilliant. You've had time uh, to think. Uh, <laughs> I know, isn't it? Isn't it? Okay, take the power back, Rage Against the Machine. Nice. Shit. <laughs> um, all I need is your love. What's that song called? Love oh, Tonight. Love, love tonight. tonight. I can't remember who it's by, but I always play it. I get the bag, Gucci Mane. Nice. Um, a bit of peep in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh, how did you know, so this bro? Is what I mean, bro. I, I know your best. I know your favorite song better than you. Know. Hellboy, Lil Peep. Um, last song. What song do I love, man? One watch, Young Fog. I gotta nice. get some Young Fog in there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice. What do you guys enjoy about performing live? I think it's it's um it's an adrenaline and a rush that you can't buy, you can't replicate, you can't find anywhere else. Trust me, we've tried. Um, <laughs> even skydiving, I don't think would would cut it. You know, um, there's just nothing out there that gives you that same rush. You know, we're quite um we're quite adventurous and extreme. We love to go out, do things. You know, we're always doing crazy stuff. Um, and with what we've been able to do and travel the world since we were so young, we've experienced so much, we've seen so much, been through so much. And even in those almost 10 years now we've been doing this, we've never been able to find anything that slightly even matches the buzz and the thrill and the feeling of reward that playing an, an amazing show does. It's- when you, Yeah, when you play that show and there's just like everyone singing every word that you've sat there and wrote and like they're all bouncing and everyone's just like, you, you honestly can't believe like you don't feel like it's I don't know. I never feel like I deserve it. That's, I just feel like I'm, I'm not worthy of that, that feeling. That's how good it is. And yeah, it's addicting. I can't lie. I can imagine, you know, if I was never able to do that again, I'd be very upset. For, for us, we actually had like, you know, a good two years where we didn't do a show. We had um, some very small, intimate COVID shows, um, but we hadn't actually played like a show that we uh, are necessarily used to, let's put it that way, for a good two years. Um, and of course, we never lost the motivation for music and stuff like this. But obviously, we were very anxious about touring. Um, what countries still like us? What who's forgotten about us? Mm-hmm. Where are we big now? Like, you know, maybe we've fallen off here, but gone up here. So there was a lot of anticipation. And especially in the UK, we haven't really done anything for a long time. Um, but we had the opportunity to go and play a um, a show um, in, our, in our hometown. It was a big show a lot of people there and you know there was a lot of anticipation there and we were quite scared because we hadn't done a show like that in a long time and it was the best feeling you know it gave us that kick up the ass to get going again you know it gave us that kick of like yeah this is what we've been missing you know you forget the feeling when you don't do something for so long you know and it gave us a bit of a taste for that feeling again and it's just given us that motivation and that push now to yeah just to get back out touring um, you know, we were absolute tour demons. We would tour 250, 300 days a year oh up goodness. until pre-COVID. Um, so for us to just be at home doing this, it's weird. We've adapted to it, but I think we've kind of realized that actually we don't like this and we need to get back on the road, get active yeah. and get busy again. So, so that show reignited your passion, obviously. Definitely. Definitely. I think like, I, I, I think it like, the passion never lost music wise, but yeah. I think actually like being an artist, like getting up, doing shows, doing interviews, doing stuff like this, you know, we kind of just become hermits who sat in the studio and just focused on music. So to actually get back out in the world and experience that side of things again, definitely gave us that motivation to, to shut down the computer, 
<laughs> give the music a rest for a second yeah. and, and enjoy some socializing and, and shows and even like, even like doing this, you know, um, we, we haven't done a huge amount of interviews and stuff over COVID. We, like, like I said, we took that as time to, to really just chill out and do stuff. So even just coming and doing this stuff again is amazing. It's so nice to be able to just sit and talk because we haven't sat and talked like this in, in years. So we've changed as people. So it's nice for people to see this change, see us in an older mindset, in a more mature mindset. And yes, it's refreshing. It's refreshing. Well, grateful for that, uh, for your time today, but, um, your perception, I know you said earlier that you hadn't been to South Africa. Have you, your perceptions of the country? Do you guys plan to come here at all? I so we te- technically, technically, my daughter is quarter South African. Oh, okay. There we go. My baby mother is half South African. Oh, so, okay, um, cool. She has South African parents. Um, South Africa has been one of those places that we have honestly, every year, had an opportunity to go or tried to go and something has stopped us. I think we've had like three or four festivals yeah. that we've confirmed and then closer to the time, things haven't worked out and stuff like this. It's just been one of those places that we've been dying to get to. Like, I can't wait to come over and, and, and experience and see that, that area of the world. It, you know, it's, it's such a huge proportion. We've, we've been to every continent, but Africa, you know, like that's, that's the thing. We've been everywhere else, but anywhere in that area of the world. And there's so much there that we want to see and experience. And it's so sad we haven't yet, but I'm also glad we haven't because it gives us something to aim for and look forward to. Yep. It is on our list and we will definitely, definitely be over there very, very soon. Um, so when you guys come through, I'm going to be right in front cheering you along and then we'll go for drinks afterwards. How does that? hundred percent. You got, you got to be our tour guide. You got to be our tour Perfect. guide. Perfect. I'll be your tour guide. <laughs> so guys, to finish off. So the podcast is the top five countries that we listen to is the US, UK, South Africa's third, Belgium, Australia. So as a final message from each of you, what would you like to say to the listening audience? I just want to say thank you guys so much. If you've been sat here through all of our rubbish talking, (laughs) if you're still here, thank you so much for listening to us this long. We really appreciate you guys. Big, big love. Uh, That's what I mean. This interview has been more like just a friendly chat. I've loved it. It's It's been an amazing vibe. So I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Big love for your support. Uh, we really appreciate it. We can't thank you guys enough. And big love to you for having us, man. Yeah, really thank you very much, it. man. Some really good questions. Usually they're boring. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Usually interviews are boring. This one was actually, this one got me going. Ah, thank you. I take that as a compliment. Thank you so much. Uh, Leo, anything else you want to add as a final message to the audience? Yeah, I would just really want to say to people, you know, um, especially with our more recent music, we're definitely going down a different path and i know change is scary sometimes but sometimes it's for the best <laughs> that's all i want to say well they say if it's there's fear there means you're on the right track exactly exactly exactly, <laughs> exactly. so leo charlie this has been a brilliant time i've had an absolute ball chatting with you guys i appreciate your time this is celeb savant signing out thank you much so love. much peace man